You know, some headlines like this one elicit an immediate response. Former member of Toronto 18 terrorist group asked court to take him off the no-fly list. Mubin Sheikh is a former RCMP and CSIS operative who infiltrated the Toronto 18 terrorist group. And I thought we should have him on the show to talk about this. Mubin, good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. So refresh our memories here. This was 14 years ago. Who is Sad Gaia and what was his role in the uh, Toronto 18 terrorism conspiracy? Yeah, Saad Gaia was uh, picked up as one of the two prospective truck drivers who was supposed to basically drive his one-ton ammonium nitrate truck bomb uh, over to his targets. And the two of them, actually, they both have the same name, Saad Gaia, Saad Gaia and Saad Khalid, were arrested as they were unloading what they thought were bags of ammonium nitrate fertilizer. Right, but these weren't bags. They had been kind of set up to, uh, you know, so that so the safety of the public. It was kitty litter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thankfully, it was kitty litter. I mean, we yeah. laugh now, but this could have gone very wrong. Um, so he pleaded guilty to terrorism in uh, 2009, was sentenced to 12 years on appeal. It was raised to 18 years, and he was released on parole halfway through his sentence. How much time did he actually serve? Well, so that would have been nine years. He would have ended up serving in total. Okay. So he has since become a lawyer who speaks against extremist violence. Did you work with him and how indoctrinated was he at the time of his arrest? Well, it's interesting. Actually, I did not really interact with him much uh, during the Toronto case. I actually interacted with him um, in a separate uh, in a separate context while I was still an undercover with CSIS. Um, so so I did interact with him, but not in the Toronto context, which is which is kind of odd. Uh, and it was it was really weird because uh, when he showed up in court, I didn't even know uh, he was involved in the in that side of the plot. Um, and so it was a little bit of a surprise to see him. Uh, but but what's interesting is that I I know the the Muslim guy who was doing his counseling. Uh, who was telling me that, look, this guy is, you know, he's he's turned himself around. He's responded very well to the counseling. Uh, and so now we hear that, you know, he's a lawyer and uh, he did, in fact, participate. But he's been doing it low key, uh, but he has been participating in counter extremism um, messaging, if you will. It's, I mean, we have to note that he was 18 at the time. He was planning to, you know, he was part of the group, the Toronto 18, who were planning to bomb the Toronto Stock Exchange, the Canadian uh, Security Intelligence Service in Toronto, that was, which I think is in the CBC building, and a military base. Um, so he has served, you said, nine years. He is a man now. He's a, a lawyer. He has volunteered with the RCMP and other national security agencies. Um, to share his perspective and assist in countering uh, potential extremist threats. Should he be taken off the no-fly list? Because he discovered that he was part of, uh, on this no-fly list, uh, when he was ready to go, I think, across Canada or, or a flight to Montreal where he was going to attend a, a meeting um, for the at the Center for the Prevention, Prevention of Radicalization, Radicalization Leading to Violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's difficult because even if we were to take him off the list, uh, don't expect the U.S. to, uh, you know, follow through doing the same thing. Um, so, I mean, it's arguable, right? One could make the argument that, listen, he's, he's served his time. 
you know, he's done what he's done. He's now doing counter extremism stuff. So give him a break and let him, you know, give him an opportunity to do more of that. Right. And then that's a good argument. But on the other hand, you know, we people are on the no fly list and they have not even been charged. Mm-hmm. So how do we justify keeping people on the list who have who haven't even been charged and justify the removal of somebody who was convicted of a terrorism offense? And that's that's going to be the problem. You know, it, it, turning your life around, is that enough to then um, open up, uh, you know, to 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 put, I guess, to put other people possibly in harm's way if uh, it, your your motives are disingenuous? Yeah, I, this is this is always the the catch, right? I mean, you, you just never know at the end of the day, and uh, one has to look at all the factors, right? And so, you know, that this guy. Now, the thing is, I know that the counselor that he dealt with, so so it, it's it's easier for me to say that this guy is a good candidate, looks like a good case, right? And at the end of the day, we also want to tell people and show people that you can turn your life around. You know, you, you can get a second chance and, and you can prove yourself through that second chance. So, you know, I, I think, you know, where a person does show that, uh, we, we should reciprocate. You know, there have been other cases. I mean, the U.S. does this uh, often as well, where somebody might be arrested um, and they'll cooperate, you know, in with other investigations. They'll still do their time. But once they're out, they you know, they're, they're kind of helped a bit. So... So maybe maybe that might be the situation in this case, but that, that's going to be something for the courts to decide, uh, and it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Okay, but you're a counterterrorism expert. What can someone like this do to sh- show the rest of us that he's not a threat? Because there are probably people listening to this thinking, "No, you, you don't get the you don't get the ability to fly anymore. You you were part of a terrorist plot." Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the ultimate argument, right? Like, I, that's the argument that I lean towards, right? Because it's, you know, it, the, the punishment is not just you doing nine years, you know, you doing nine years. I mean, okay, that's, you know, somewhat of a major, you know, prison sentence, but, a, you know, a terrorism offense where, you know, you were plotting and planning the deaths of thousands of people, really. I mean, is mm-hmm. nine years even enough? And secondly, I would also ask, like, what 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 happens after that person is done? So, you know, once they once they're done their 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 term, their prison term, what are what kind of activities are they engaged in? So, so perhaps he needs to do more uh, of this counter extremism messaging. Uh, once he's done that for you know a few years, then we can kind of reevaluate and look to see, okay, you know what, it would be in our benefit to get this guy off the no-fly list so that we can take him to these different, you know, whatever, whether it's a conference or whether it's, you know, whatever it is. But do you even need to take him anymore? I think the pandemic has showed us one thing, that we can do <laughs> yeah. things remotely, we can do things yeah. with technology. I would say that uh, just based on that, he doesn't have a good argument to rest his case on. I want to um, thank you for your time, Mubin. We're up against the news here, but uh, I appreciate your time as always. Thank you as always. Thanks. That's Mubin Sheikh. He's a former RCMP and CSIS operative who infiltrated the Toronto 18 terrorist group. Good luck getting off that fly list.